You are listening to Confessions of a High School Bible Teacher. Hey everybody, this is Christopher Seals, and across the table from me is... Wayne David Randolph. Um, We have a couple of special episodes lined up here for you, Um, and Wayne, I got a question for you. Yeah, bring it. Have you ever been a woman? No. I appreciate the question, though. Thank you. (laughs) I don't want to assume. It's 2018. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. Um, That's true. But here's the thing. I've never been a woman either, Um, Mm -hmm. and this issue is going to be really difficult for us to talk about by ourselves. That's right. I have no context for this issue. And by context, I mean personal interaction and experience. Yes. Yeah. Um, And so I guess the cat is out of the bag. We are going to be talking about the issue of women. Women. And specifically... Whether or not they exist. Yeah. Are they real? Join us next time. No, but um, yeah, like women in... uh, Seems to be that this is a tension talk for some people. Yeah. Um, Women in leadership and women leadership in the church. And uh, like you said, it's 2018. Let's start talking about it. Yeah. Um, And people have been talking about it. And particularly... Um, there's, there's a couple of camps that people tend to fall into. And so we're going to, we're going to introduce maybe some of these camps. Um, but then we have a couple of interviews lined up that you guys can listen to. So, um, one of the camps that maybe uh, would be held by, um, I know that the words conservative and liberal sometimes don't really mean anything, um, (laughs) depending on whatever. Or they mean everything. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you can totally disagree about everything, but you can say the word conservative and then you automatically have friends or enemies. Uh, oh, my people. Oh, yeah. We're on the same yeah. page. Um, so let's use those terms. Okay. <laughs> so the conservative view would be... Um, the conservative view would tend to lean complementarian. Now, and quick unpack. Yeah. A quick unpack complementarian would be that men and women have, um, have different roles that complement each other. Um, and these complementary roles are... Um, were given by God. Um, and people would probably point to passages in the book of Ephesians um, mm. and passages that seem to point toward male headship um, and maybe even um, some some anecdotal evidence of of like the, the more nurturing side that tends to be ascribed to femininity and even mm. to God at some point. So in the, a complementarian would say that in the same way that the Trinity is relationship um, and they all have their own different roles. Um, but no one would say that the Holy spirit is greater than the father or vice versa, um, that they have these complementary roles, um, and they, they work within those roles that have been assigned to them. Um, now if you hear that, um, sometimes people will abuse, um, or misrepresent complementarianism Mm. and call it chauvinism or misogyny, which is probably why you're defining it. Cause I think I might have a little baggage here. So I, I don't know if I would be as unbiased. That was right. a really, that was a really nice definition, Chris. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and so complementarian <laughs> doesn't mean that women are not valuable because men are leaders and the, the head of a relationship or of a religious organization. Um, but rather that they, they're equal in value, but play a different complementary role. Got and I, I think that we could even point toward, I mean, biology and say, yeah, people are different, right? Like men, like we have anatomy that's different than women. And because we have different anatomy, there's varied levels of testosterone and estrogen. Um, even the amount of oxytocin that, that we, um, process and just physiologically is different. And so, um, I think that there, there are things that would play into the complementarian camp that on the egalitarian side, you could also point to, which, 
um, are in, we can point to scripture, we can point oh, to yeah. uh, things within biology, we can point to anecdotal evidence, the, maybe the ways that we were raised. Um, and so that more or less is the complementarian view. Yeah. And there, the other side um, within Christianity, uh, why don't you explain this for us, um, typically is referred to as... Egalitarian. And I think um, the simplest way, and again, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll hear from some people, but the simplest way that I can put it would actually be piggybacking off what you said. And so I think you gave a really nice that, um, yeah, that there we are made, uh, we're different. Uh, we are made, um, I believe, to, to need each other. And I, I believe that's the egalitarian, uh, you know, viewpoint as well, um, where it kind of strays uh, away from the complementarian would be that the, the gender that you are doesn't necessitate certain roles, um, that those roles are maybe more fluid and that a woman can um, do the role of a man just as much as a man can play the role of a woman. Now, not... All right, we can't give birth. Right, yeah. Right. But in terms love? of... I, I think yeah. we could breastfeed. I think there are some rare cases. Um, That's incredible. Yeah. That used to be a TV show when why I was younger. We, yeah, why would we have nipples if we couldn't? Yeah, I guess Yeah, I guess that's weird. I I guess I was a little bit ambiguous in what I said, like men could be like <laughs> women's roles. But in terms of like like you mentioned the, this term headship, which I know will come up in our interview or um, like leadership, like um, the egalitarian view would mm-hmm. say that, sure, a woman can be just as much of a leader as a man can and a, a woman can lead men. Um, and, I, and I think that that's probably the area that will where our interviews go, where they kind of explore the most is is are those set are those set roles or mm-hmm. are they fluid? Yep, absolutely. And so um, the two interviews that we have lined up, um, I, I think it's kind of interesting and ironic that we have these things. So cool. I'm glad yeah. that you figured that, like you made this observation. The, it's really that cool. these lined up. Um, our, our first interview, um, well, first of all, both of these are, are women who are, are or have been administrators in Christian schools. Um, and if you listen to our third episode, there's a lot of blurry lines between church and Christian school. Yeah, um, and so these women find themselves in leadership positions in these faith organizations. Um, so and, like extra murky. It's yeah. like, it's like there's extra tension. There. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I think our, our first, <coughs> our first interview um, is with Ali Carico and she is an, was uh, an administrator at our school. Um, mm-hmm. And what's interesting is she was raised in a more egalitarian home um, and she is going to be the voice for the complementarian yeah, view. Since, yeah, has since kind of taken on a different view. Yeah, absolutely. Super interesting. And, and then our second interview is going to be the inverse, actually. Yeah. Um, Jen Mounday, who was raised in a more um, complementarian home, who finds herself speaking a little bit more on behalf of egalitarianism. Yeah. And so um, the, there's a, these are a couple of powerful and um, really fun interviews. And yeah. we hope Awesome you, ladies. Yeah. yeah. And they, they love the Lord and they love, they love being in leadership and... You know, they want to do things right. And um, we hope that you guys are as blessed as we were to have these interviews and to have these discussions with these with these rad ladies. And uh, um, yeah, tell us what you think when it's all done. All right. Buckle up. Hey, everybody. Um, we are here with Ali J. Carico. Um, Ali was a, was a former supervisor of mine. Um, she was the principal of our school, um, for a little bit. She played a huge role in mentoring me into becoming the teacher I am today. Um, and so it's kind of an honor to be able to have this interview about this really important subject, especially with things that are in the news, um, and in the media, um, and really exploring what this looks like in Christian schools. So Ali, um, would you mind just sort of sharing, um, we, we want to pick your brain on what it's like to be 
um, a woman in leadership in in Christian culture, in Christian mm-hmm. schools, and, and mm-hmm. sort of how that all fits into the church and all of that. Sure. Um, so could you sort of give us a, maybe a, a glimpse into, maybe even just starting with, okay, what do you feel like is the role of of women in the church in general, big capital C church. Um, What does that look like um, from your perspective? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. And one that I, um, I feel like I've thought about a lot more recently Um, growing up. It wasn't really a topic that I think I even noticed as much. I definitely noticed women in leadership positions, but I don't really think it to me was something that I contemplated, like, what can they do? What can't they do? Why can they do that? Why can't they do that? Um, and so probably within the last five or so years, um, in particular, I think, um, because I've grown up in the church, I've seen it modeled so beautifully where there's just such harmony, um, that comes from the partnership of the role of male and the role of female together. And, I know um, we could talk for hours, and that's not <laughs> what this podcast is about today. About um, uh, you know whether the view is egalitarianism or um, if it's more complementarian. Um, but I, think I was just going to ask you for those okay, buzzwords. Okay, so, sure. Yeah, that's yes, good. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm glad you're throwing um, them out there. So well, and and I guess maybe that is where you're wanting a little bit of feedback, and so I can talk just briefly on that. But I think growing up, I was I grew up in a very egalitarian culture and society, Hmm. and it was completely acceptable for uh, women not just to be in leadership positions um, in general, but specifically within the church. We Hmm. had, you know, pastors, female pastors who um, had those positions of authority and leadership. And so, and I value those women greatly. They were mentors in my life. I view them as, um, you know, incredibly inspirational people. Um, I think as I've studied and kind of dug into scripture personally a little bit more under guidance of, um, some pastors, but also just in my own, um, understanding of scripture and, and using other resources, I am by no means an expert on this. And let me Mm. first and foremost (laughs) emphasize that. Um, but I think I've kind of on the sliding scale because I think there's very much a sliding scale slid a little bit more into the, um, probably the, um, the, I, I guess the left side, I don't know which, depending on which side you're looking at, um, of, of, um, viewing leaders in, in that respect, specifically pastors, um, as the role of the, the male. And I think, uh, for a lot of different reasons, that's something that is again, really a beautiful thing. Um, hmm. when I, when I think about the way that, um, the way that it's portrayed all throughout, uh, even just in the conversation in First Timothy 2, how he's talking about the role of um, women in the church and what it is that they're supposed to do in terms of submission. I, I was uh, just recently listening to a discussion about how the Trinity works and how, mm. you know, God is the Father, you know, God is the Son, God is the Holy Spirit, and they all have... Um, different functions, but they're the same being. And so mm. I feel like that it does not in any way strip... Um, any portion of the Trinity of their dignity, just like it doesn't strip a woman of her dignity in in terms of being able to, um, to submit in that sense. But I also really, really believe that the church cannot function and will not function to its fullest without that role of woman, um, in, in some leadership capacities, just not necessarily as the lead pastor. And so, um, so that's maybe more than, than what you needed uh, in, in that, in that role. And again, that is, that is, the alley version. That is not what, uh, you know, I'm not speaking scripture directly, but I do want, um, 
I, I feel like as I'm exploring it more and more and trying to understand the way that that impacts my view and understanding of women in general and the way that we can um, play that role, it gives me, rather than feeling this sense of indignation and like, well, how come it's not, you know, mm. how come we're not equal? How come we're not able to have that? It, it has nothing to do with not being equal. We are absolutely created equally. In fact, and I, um, I feel like this is one of the ways that I've really, it's helped me to understand even more. Um, John Piper said, Headship and submission did not originate in the fall. The fall corrupted it. Hmm. And I really love that quote because I think, you know, headship and submission is so beautiful. The way that God designed, you know, Adam and Eve and and the order even in creation. And so the fact that, um, that we have interpreted or misinterpreted or, or, you know, changed our understanding to fit the needs of culture or whatever our social norms are at times, um, in lots of different areas. I think that's where, um, that uh, quote again comes alive Mm. to me a little bit more. It's God created it that way so that we could work and function together. So that's good. Um, and so maybe something that I would, that would be helpful for like a fuller understanding of what you're kind of getting at. Um, when you say the word headship, like when you Mm -hmm. say like there is a like that, I know that in some of the texts we're talking like about in the marital relationship, but even organizationally, sure. sure. Where does that, where, how do those roles get yeah. parsed out between headship and submission? Um, yeah. Is that just for like lead or senior pastor roles, or mm-hmm. is it for like heads of particular ministries? And um, yeah. so, in individual churches, what does headship look like? Sure. Yeah, I think I think again, I want to emphasize the I because this is not something that I have studied extensively, and mm-hmm. I am very open to this conversation, hearing other perspectives as well. Um, but I think um, definitely not in organizations in general. I think there's mm-hmm. absolutely, I mean, I wouldn't have assumed the position that I did if I felt that <laughs> way. Um, I think you know if if there are a female CEO or female superintendent or fee, you know what in in other areas to me that's that's very different. Paul isn't distinguishing or even re- referencing um, when he's speaking about this in particular in First Timothy two. Um, he is specifically speaking about the church, and so I think absolutely women can still. Um, teach women can still lead other, um, other people. Um, I think in terms of being pastors, that's Mm. where I would, would distinguish or elders, you know, those, those terms can be interchangeable, I think in that context. So that's my perspective. And so when you think about the relationship between, I guess, a Christian school and Mm -hmm. the church, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, working and kind of, you grew up in Christian school, right? Yep. Um, and so preschool all the way through my master's program. Exactly. And, <laughs> and to an extent when you're, when you're that integrated into the, the Christian school, sometimes the lines can kind of get blurred between, mm-hmm. okay, well, what is the church? And then what is the school? Is the school a mm-hmm. facet of the church? Is it, mm-hmm. does it kind of function as a church in and of itself sometimes with its own liturgies and its own chapels and its own things like sure. that? And so sure. as as a, as a woman who has been in charge of such a structure that in a lot of ways mirrors the church, um, mm-hmm. how, how did you navigate like those feeling, oh, your, the feelings, the thoughts, the beliefs, um, as far as, okay, what, what is my role as a leader of this organization that looks very similar to a church, um, mm-hmm. while holding your views of, of, I guess, pastoral leadership? Sure. How do those things relate? Yeah. Yeah, I, that's a great question, um, and kind of multifaceted. So I'll try right. to break it apart yeah, in, in, in bits and catch me if I don't answer a portion of it. That's fine. Um, I think 
I see the church, and again, so many churches and schools are structured differently. I um, grew up in a school that was directly a part of a church. It was it was like an arm, an extension of um, one of the the organizations. It's we call it the enterprise, is where the church and, and school overlap. Hmm. Whereas there are some functions where they don't. So um, you know, we've got sports teams, we've got right. um, you know the academic side of things that that doesn't necessarily overlap. Now they can overlap in some respects and support each other. Um, um, and then the church has some ministries that don't, but there are a lot of areas where they do directly overlap. So I think, um, in that regard, that to me is one type and one structure, Hmm. uh, a school like UCA, um, is, is connected to a church, um, Mm -hmm. but it's not under the headship the same way in that it's, you know, a different name it's, it's got, so I think there, there are kind of some of those nuances Mm -hmm. and that's even, again, part of what's caused me to think about this question a little bit more. Um, but I do still think of the school as an organization versus the church. And so in that sense, that's where I kind of am able to draw that line, um, a little bit more clearly, Hmm. so to speak, I guess. Um, and it doesn't seem to me, again, that that's the same, that that we're dealing with the same thing. It's it's kind of like, I don't know. I, I don't think of it as apples and oranges entirely, but maybe, I don't know, different like galas and Fuji. Yeah. <laughs> like we're, we're talking about kind of, um, and, and so... So I've never felt or thought um, that it would be an issue for women to be in leadership. I know there are challenges. Um, you know, I know there were a, a couple of challenges that I would say I faced. I, being a part of a Christian organization, like you mentioned, um, I don't feel like I faced a lot of issues in terms of um, or what I would have if I were in the secular culture. Um, there was a lot of support. There were a lot of people, again, even just in, in that structure, the fact that women were encouraged and appointed to those positions. And, um, the fact that even the school that I'm a part of now, there are a lot, a lot of, um, female administrators more so than, than what I came from. And I see it functioning really well. I mean, we need the balance. There's definitely, again, that harmony that I was referencing at Mm -hmm. the beginning, um, because, because there are definitely, stereotypically, but a lot of different, um, facets or characteristics that, that men have and women have that work synergistically together in Mm. a way that, um, that is necessary. So, um, so again, going back to the original question, I think I view them as, um, an organization versus, um, kind of the, the same type of church structure. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And so since organizationally, there's some distance there oftentimes with, Mm -hmm. with, I guess Christian schools and oftentimes the Christian schools under the headship of a church, then, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, then, uh, you feel a little bit more comfortable taking in that leadership role. Um, yeah. and so I, I guess another, another thought that maybe to explore is if like as a woman, um, and as, um, as someone who's been part of the Christian culture in which, um, I'm sure that you've experienced or known of times when, quote unquote, the complementarian view is used as mm-hmm. sort of a blunt force instrument to tell women to get it, women to get in their mm-hmm. place um, and, mm-hmm. to, and mm-hmm. to not lead. Um, yeah, I would actually interject and say that to me seems more patriarchal than it does. Right. Complementarian. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think that that's sometimes the the banner of complementarian is is mm-hmm. waved, but just mm-hmm. to mask over right again patriarchy. that sliding scale yeah yeah, yeah agreed. <laughs> yep mm-hmm. um and and so th- i think that that sometimes does crop up in the christian culture um i i mm-hmm. feel like maybe where our school is is a little bit more open-minded and maybe a little bit more sure. progressive but mm-hmm. um even in 
the roles I've seen you in, you've had times where you needed to be very assertive um, and mm -hmm. like very decisive. And some of these things mm -hmm. that if we're going with stereotypes might be mm -hmm. like headship or mm -hmm. male-ish, mm -hmm. um, sure. I guess, sure. qualities. And so um, how how was that for you, um, having to exercise those things right. um, yeah, in the broader question. Christian culture? What Maybe what's some pushback that you received or maybe some in mm -hmm. internal struggle as well? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, that was something that at times, I guess it could, it could have felt uncomfortable just because I wish it would have been, or I wish it could be received the same way, you know, if it were coming from a male, as if it were um, coming from a male, I think oftentimes that that can garner respect um, in a, in a male, if, if that's the way that a male leads by holding people accountable, being assertive, you know, um, whereas with a female, it can kind of seem like they're nagging or, you know, mm. maybe there's a, an element of, um, yeah, just questioning that kind of authority a little bit more. Whereas women are typically the nurturer, encourager. And, and that's something that, um, I, I loved that part of my job. Mm. And that's, again, I, I felt like that was something that, um, I enjoyed, but, um, in terms of pushback, I think that's where I, it, it was a little bit easier for me to understand, um, how to do it because I could just basically go back to my job description hmm. and say, you know, what does my job call me to? Um, and, and all of this, and I, I wish I would have started off by saying this, but I feel like so much of the way that I approached that position, the decisions that we had to make is, is just about surrendering to the Holy spirit and saying, mm -hmm. okay, God, if you've called me to this, um, and I, I truly believe he did, um, then I know you are going to equip me. I know, um, you know, maybe it, not everyone is going to like the way that things are communicated or the way that they're, um, held accountable. Uh, perhaps they would appreciate if it were coming from somebody who, uh, who was a male, but at the same time, if I know that you've equipped and called me to do this, then it's your work, it's your school. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm yours. And so I think even in that regard, and, and just cause again, I wanted to mention this earlier, that's kind of how I, I feel like it's important for people to view this whole, this is not an inner target issue. This to me is kind of one of those outside of this is not like a core. If yeah. you're egalitarian or if you're um, complementarian, you know, are you in or out? You know, right. This is not a crucial issue. And so I think that's where submitting to the Holy Spirit and just saying, okay, I recognize um, that you can, can confirm or affirm in me what it is that you've called me mm. to. And so anyway, I know I've kind of, uh, got off the trail for just a second, but that's, that's, that's how I viewed again. in in when I was in that position of leadership, um, those challenges and just being received or not received. And I had the dream team staff. I, I realized Thank it you. then, but I've realized it even more. So yes, yes. And, and I, I absolutely mean that. Um, and, and I think that's where I may not have the most accurate representation or uh, the, experience, I guess, um, that a lot of people may have, um, in that because it's, it was a very dynamic team, um, who, who was more like a family a lot of times, um, than a typical organization in terms of that structure. And so there were times when I could be kind of the nurturing mom who held people accountable, mm -hmm. even if, you know, age and all of that was a little, um, different there too, but it, it, I think could be received that way because of the familial aspect of it. Um, and, and we had a good synergy. And so, um, I didn't feel like there was a lot of pushback. Um, I also don't know because I think a lot of times with a male, maybe people would be more comfortable communicating that. Whereas with female, you don't necessarily want to, 
uh, I don't know, respond, respond in a way that communicates that you feel like you're, you're, um, I don't know, pushing, pushing up against mm. those types of issues. So, um, but again, those are kind of assumptions. Yeah. I, I don't know what happened behind, behind right. the scenes. So I can only attest to what I experienced personally. Yeah. Um, I, I, one of the things that you were mentioning in there is, is the leading and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that is super important, but I think that sometimes when we're talking about the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit, it kind of, mm-hmm. um, especially when we're trying to seek like theological clarity or even yeah, policy yeah. decisions, it can kind of sound mm-hmm. like, okay, well, mm-hmm. whatever's good for you, man. So, so let's, yep, let's put totally. some, I guess, some flesh and blood on this. If you have yeah. a, a, a girl, um, who you've mentored, let's just say, and mm-hmm. is looking at, um, vocation in life and she feels that the Holy Spirit is calling her to pastoral mm-hmm. leadership and she has yeah. th- some of those stereotypical i guess male qualities that she's she's always mm-hmm. been assertive and i know i know yeah. plenty of i know plenty of women probably my wife included who are probably more masculine than i am in a lot of ways mm-hmm. um <laughs> but but one of but she's one of those girls that's assertive and is able to um fill a lot of those roles that we stereotypically assign to the male side what what sure. would you say to her if she's as she tries to discern that calling in her own life? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. I think, um, first of all, if I'm in a mentoring relationship, I would love to, um, let her know that I am in this to dig with her. Um, Mm -hmm. I do not have all the answers, you know, and again, I'm speaking, um, as someone who hasn't gone through an extensive study of this. And so if that was truly what she felt called to do, I would, um, it is not enough for anyone to ever say that they feel like they were inspired by the Holy Spirit in and of itself, because we always have to go back to scripture. You know, it always, always comes back to scripture. And so, you know, scripture has been interpreted by, you know, on on both sides, incredibly reputable, respected, God-fearing, God-honoring men and women who have different views on this issue. And so that's where I feel like the Holy Spirit comes into to play with the individual. If, if we are searching through scripture and we are asking for him to confirm or affirm in our hearts, um, I would not be in a position right now or, or be comfortable enough to say that I would even try to steer her away mm. from that. Um, simply because, and I expressed to you, you know, I started on one side. That doesn't mean I've landed on or mm. ended on another side. I just have, I've now heard the other side, mm. um, of, of that position. And I feel like it's caused me to not question what I always heard growing up. Cause like I said, it wasn't like I was taught that way. I just always kind of observed it to be mm. true. Um, and so I would, I would be very open. I, I think it's always important to just be open about my experience with it, um, to share so that she knows why I feel the way that I do, that it's not because I, I know this to be truth, mm. but I, I just believe it to be, um, the way that it's interpreted. I think it's important to look at the context of what, um, Paul was saying. I think it's important to look at the, the history, you know, was that just, you know, was he just speaking to that population for that time, for that season? Is he looking at where else do we see it in scripture? Um, and, and are we able to then, um, translate, you know, he also said there, there are a couple of different places where he, he encourages women to teach and encourages them to teach other women. And so perhaps that's what she's feeling mm-hmm. is this call to ministry. And absolutely women can be in ministry. Mm-hmm. 100%. It, I, I very much view my position and viewed my position as ministry. Um, even within the church setting, you know, I'm a part of the, the women's ministries program at my church. And I think it's an incredible program, um, that is overseen by a, a woman, a woman who directs that program. Mm-hmm. So I think there are still ways, maybe that's kind of a new, wants, um, you know, when it comes to the title itself. Um, 
we I, one of the churches that I attended, the church that I attended when I lived in Southern California, we had uh, the children's director, and she's one of my best friends. And I, you know, she's actually kind of where this started this this questioning of of um, how how come she wasn't the children's pastor? Right. Why was it important for her to be distinguished distinguished differently than all of the other um, male? pastors who are on staff. And so I think even just in, in that conversation and in questioning, it became very apparent to me that the reason why they made that distinction was all rooted back hmm. um, to the way that they understood and interpreted scripture. And and it was a very thorough process. I mean, it wasn't just, you know, we read that one verse in First Timothy right. 2. It was, you know, really unpacking and exploring um, throughout scripture. And so so that would be, um, that's the long version of, of what I would try to, to kind of help her to navigate through yeah. as she's exploring And that's that. good. Um, and if, I guess maybe just in kind of wrapping up here, if, if you had to give any encouragement or advice to um, mm-hmm. women who are stepping up into leadership roles in, in Christian mm-hmm. school and maybe even in the church, what, what advice or encouragement would you feel like would be good to give um, to a woman yeah. who's stepping into that role? Maybe um, in the beginning you kind of alluded to maybe not being qualified to have this discussion theologically, but mm-hmm. you are theolo- you are theologically trained and you're much <laughs> more qualified to talk on what it's like to be a woman than I am. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I will not disagree yes. with you on that. Um, yes. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. so what, like what inside information would you give to someone who mm-hmm. is looking at admin is looking at uh, being a leader yeah. in ministry um, as a woman? Yeah. What are some pieces of advice that you could offer up? Yeah. Yeah, that's, um, I think I would say lead with your strengths. I know StrengthsFinder is going to love me for that. (laughs) Um, It's so important to know who God designed you to be. And when you know your strengths, when you are in tune with the way that God designed you, um, you're not always second guessing or feeling insecure about those deficits or those areas where you feel ill-equipped. And I'm preaching to myself right now, you know, reminding myself of that truth because he equips those he calls. And if he has called and he has um, designed a position for an individual or he is he's grooming a person into a, a position, we will never arrive. I will never be, you know, the best dot, 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 especially without the, the um, Holy Spirit in me. Um, and that's what makes me so effective is the Holy Spirit mm. in me and is God's leading and guidance. But he has wired and created me um, in a very particular way so that I can be used for his purpose. So I think that's one of the, the first um, things that I would, I would recommend or that I would, would say is um, has really helped mm. me a lot. Um, the second, I think when we are so focused on, um, I, I, we were just talking about this today in a meeting and I can't get it off my mind, but just understanding what a biblical worldview is truly understanding how, how we view the world around us and what our purpose is and, and how the fact that it's, and I know we preach this to the students over and over. It's not, you know, how, what is God's will for my life? It's how can my life be used for God's will when we are focused on that. And when we see the world around us, um, the way that God does, then we are constantly focused on being his agents. And so that's where being in a position of leadership is incredibly humbling. Mm. It's not about climbing the ladder. It's not about trying to be, you know, the ultimate fill in the blank. It's about, um, really being used in a way that God wants me to be used so that as many people or in as deep of a way, um, as possible, people are affected and, and, um, his kingdom is expanded. Mm. 
I think when we have those two, when we know the way that God's designed us, and I would even reverse that order, you know, to, to have that biblical worldview is mm. crucial and foundational. And then second, you know, to really understand the way that God has designed you to fit into that and to be used for that purpose. When we can keep those two things straight, there, there are lists and lists and lists of, you know, other great principles, characteristics, ways we can lead, things we can do. Um, but we will never fall off the, the road when we're able to keep those two things mm. in perspective. That's great stuff. Thank you. Thank you for that advice. And um, I think I speak for a lot of our coworkers in saying that um, you have a disproportionately high amount of those giftings and skills um, as an administrator. (laughs) And so that's why um, we really wanted to pick your brain on this. So thank you for being willing to talk to us. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. I will say I have loved every podcast. This is one of the most, not the most, one of the most controversial ones. So I appreciate the opportunity to step into it. And I hope I, uh, I did so tactfully, but I really, really miss the crew there too. And it's been really great talking, talking with you about this topic. Well done. Thanks, Allie. Well, that was pretty stinking cool. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's a lot that we need to unpack there in terms of just kind of sit with and, and man, what, what insight. Um, here, here's my thought, though. Um, those of you that are, are listening, um, put, jot some stuff down. Jot some questions down. Um, think about the, the areas where maybe as you were listening that maybe you found yourself experiencing tension. Um, we would encourage you to explore that a little bit more. Why do you have tension there? And um, before you jump to many conclusions, we'd also, um, of course, would like to invite you back for kind of round two of this talk where mm-hmm. we'll have um, Sister Jen talking with us um, from maybe a, a different, a little bit different perspective, a different different side of the diamond, if you will. Yeah. And so, yeah, we, uh, we look forward to uh, hearing your comments, reading your comments, and uh, yep. There it is. And let's keep this conversation rolling. Again, you can hit us up on our social media pages. Probably Facebook is the best forum if we want to do the um, the conversational back and forth a little bit of posing your ideas up there. But We'll prove to you that we're real. Yeah, we're real <laughs> humans. All right. I'm not a bot. See you next time. Shalom. Sure.